Hey guys, welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast. Apologies for being a week late. Uh, we explain why in the in the body of the show. We also talk about gravel sections and stage races. Should they be there or shouldn't they? We talk about we touch on Bernal's crash. Um, we talk about the Winter Olympics. Jonesy. I don't yeah, really he's... contribute much. Nah, Probably but not. he's a stalwart. Jonesy's is another stalwart, another keep the ship afloat. Um, and we also announced the winner or the winners. Oh, yeah. Of the new intro. So, you'll have to listen all the way to the end for that. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Sorry, you'll have to start again. I saw smoke and mirrors. How late am I? 30 seconds. Oh, that's 30 seconds. I'm not even late. Have yeah. another beer, George. Deep press, bro. Deep press. Suck it in. Hang on, we've got a nibble. Special guest. Why do you hate me so much? And he, you know, he pretend like he didn't understand me, but he knows it. He knows who he is. <laughs> and I'm just like one of those dumb sort of mullets at the bottom of the Girona River there, would just eat anything. I had a few Belgian beers after the race to sort of kill anything in there, so. Johan, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You want to come on the show? You know what? My relationship's a bit too healthy at the moment. <laughs> I need it. When the, the three wives went found that their Mary was pregnant, they've all gone, oh, shit, it's probably mine. This is probably getting into the air we don't really need to talk about, but, um... I can cut it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the competitions, is it? Rob, Rob Dawson, I think that's from that intro. Robbie D. Am I right? Yeah. Robbie yeah, D. No, great effort. Great effort. Great effort. But I'm, st- I'm steering clear of calling who won this thing. I got well, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> we're a week late. We've been sort of setting a dangerous precedent of doing like a bi-weekly show. And um, we were always going to trip up at some point. And we, we have. We've missed a week. We're a week late. La- last week was my fault. I put my hand up for the first time. And that was 100% my fault. We had a time. And then I threw it at the last minute because I thought I was busy. Then I wasn't busy, but it was too late. George is bolded. Mm. But we, we can't get George on a regular WhatsApp. And do you know what's endangering this? This, what's this endangering, endangering this episode is I've taken up, um, I've set up shop in Dad's office and he's just walked in with a bowl of wheat books and staring daggers at me, basically saying, get <laughs> the fuck out of my office. But it's the only place I get a Wi-Fi connection. So. <laughs> I think it makes you look you smart know, with those books. You it's don't good. need Wi-Fi with the amount of books behind you. Yeah, yeah, I know. Do you know what was scary? I, was like, I originally had my background as this one. And I thought, mm, there's, a lot of, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> there's a lot of rifles there behind me. I thought, that's a bit yeah. redneck. I might just go with the books. It's a little bit more cultured. Mm. We but, have, um, but we have, we are late. We are late. We apologize. We apologize through our social media. Um, we don't really, we don't really pull on the heartstrings too much because let's be honest, you guys have been listening to the show for a year and a half now and it's not the first time we've been late. And uh, I'd like to say it'd be the last, but. We can't guarantee that either, can we? But when we got, uh, we finally did get a schedule in place, and then once we fixed Jonesy's mishap, I um I got fucking COVID, mm. and I actually got mm. crook from COVID. And did you? Uh, un, un, yeah, unlike Jonesy, who was just crook, I was crook with positive test result, positive tests. Yeah, so, I'm not sure about that. I don't know where you got I, that positive result. <laughs> you didn't believe that I had it. Well, you didn't have you had three negative tests, didn't you? Yeah, but I was—I had all the symptoms, mate. And I had no no support. I was the boy and, who cried wolf. Every one of his mates had it. Yeah, yeah. That's How was it. it? Do you know what I was thinking? The girls, is you flipped yourself double time because you got your booster right, and you mm. probably did it 
in line for the booster shot. So you also had the shit house feeling from getting your booster and then you actually had yeah. to you doubled down and got the real deal. Yeah, and well I I felt alright for my booster and I had like my booster probably wasn't done like in a real at a real timely point. Like you see a lot of stuff in the the cycling media at the moment about when, you know, oh people have got the classics coming up and they don't want to get the mm. the jab before the classics or the booster before the classics because that you know worry about what it can do your performance and maybe it can affect your performance probably can but i'm all for basically i just fucking get them when i can get them and there's no ideal time um mm. especially in the spring when the racing is so frequent and you're so you're racing so much you're racing weekly you know in, in a mm. sense so there was i was never going to find a time to get the booster but one thing i did know for sure was that omicron was fucking ripping the back out of Europe, and when I got here, I was like, "I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, um, <laughs> I'm gonna um, try to protect I, myself." I don't think I've ever heard that statement. Omicron was fucking ripping the back out of a, an area, all of Europe. Um, it's almost like I, that should lead the news. Omicron again is ripping the back out of Europe with more cases. <laughs> Omicron tears the ass out of the South Island of New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so... I had this chat with my team doctor. And because I was saying to him, I was the same as you. I was like, all right, I need to get this booster because everyone's having it. Like, everyone's getting it. And if you don't have it, you're crook. But I was like, oh, I've got nationals in a few days and I've got UAE in a week. And I was like, oh, real important. Well, UAE is a real important race for us. So I said to him, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about you holding off and getting it when I get to Europe. And he's like, mate, if you, whatever little effect that booster has on you, you might be shipped for a day, a couple of days. He said, you'll, you're not going to end your season. But if you get it, if you get the, the full-blown, you know, full-blown Omicron mm. and it gets hold of you, that's in the year. I mean, that could be the end of your career if you're not boosted in time. So just mm. feel shit for a day on the bike. <laughs> and man, that I feel mm. shit for a day on the bike. But it's like, fuck, it's a day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, yeah, you're right though, George. I got it, and then I got sick before the, um, I guess before the booster really kicks in, because I, I did it. Um, I just came in from from New Zealand on the Friday, and then that weekend I got the booster, <clears throat> and then the, uh, a few days later on the Wednesday I flew to Majorca for the first race of the season, the um, the one day races there in Majorca, and got through the racing and everything, and then I and then I did feel a bit shattered the day after the racing and i was like oh it's normal i just did four days of hard racing and then on the tuesday i was feeling a little bit worse and then on wednesday i woke up and i was i was crook i had fever and i felt shit ass so then i did the testing and then i was positive there so <clears throat> you know i don't know where i got it but it, it's fucking it's mate it's 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 in the peloton pretty like it is in the rest of the society oh yeah you're um, getting you it yes or yes yeah like in Tura Valencia, there was and quite a lot of teams that pulled time. out. We pulled out. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, I, I was I was thinking about this. Like, you actually got it at a good time. Like, let's just say it's inevitability now. You actually, like, you don't want to have it. Say you're doing the tour and you get to late June and you haven't had it, you are going to be shitting yourself because you know. Um, oh, the dog's come to see me. Hey, mate, get out of here. Um, <laughs> bugger off. <laughs> Get out. And um, <laughs> say you get to June and you haven't you haven't had it. You're gonna shit yourself because you know, like, well, 
you're going to get it. And, you you know, you're probably going to get it at the tour and you can bring your whole team down and stuff. So I wonder if we're going to get to the point where people intentionally try and get it. And, you know, like when you were a kid, you used to have, um, was it measles parties or chicken pox parties? And, mm. you know, like, we, I don't we know. We never had chicken pox parties. What happened in New Zealand? I don't know. Maybe that, I don't know. Maybe that was just a, <laughs> a no, ruse. That's true. Yeah. I've well, heard so you'd all parties. have a. All have a party so you get the pox, just so that you. Got so you'd have to find yeah, some. Yeah, when like, one of the kids had it. Yeah. Yeah. The mum oh, and dad, oh, you're going to this guy's party. And you're like, well, I hate that guy. <laughs> and like, like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's got chicken pox. So. I <laughs> just sure remember chicken pox used to have that yellow bath. My mate had chicken pox as a kid, and he had an older brother who's like 10 years older. And he walked in, and he, he was sitting in that yellow bath to get rid of it. And he his brother thought he pissed the bath, so he gave him an absolute hide. <laughs> and that's all I remember box himself. yeah that's it um, Did I, well, I wonder if we're going to have COVID off? parties what happened hey? you just get cut, cut off. off no mm-hmm. you're back you um, yeah, I, I think that COVID's hit you it's definitely made him wear change his dress since He's been wearing you look, you look a mixed with, you look like a bogan version of Steve Jobs <laughs> <laughs> I got my icebreaker on. It's cold here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like the, I miss quite a bit of that. But I, I gather you're talking about COVID parties, and yeah. um, it's actually not a silly idea. Like I'm sure that if any of my team doctors are listening to this, they'll be fucking shaking their heads. But the the reality oh, be is, careful. be like, careful talking about COVID parties and recommending it because look what happened to Joe Rogan, mate. This thing could be shut down mm. real quick. Oh, jeez. Misinformation. He, that's been a saga, eh, for me, that Joe Rogan. Because I thought, because I was a bit of it, like, I did listen to Joe Rogan podcast. I find him quite an interesting sort of conversationalist. And what that whole thing is for me, it's gone a bit nuts because you're like, I'm, I don't want to be a Joe Rogan apologist because for sure he's, he's pretty marginal in some stuff. But, like, it's pretty amazing what you can do when you string together. Like, if someone went through and strung together a highlights package from our podcast of all the like out of context with no context and just highlighted. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You could mm. create a pretty damning video. And I've seen a couple of videos going around from Joe Rogan. You think, shit, that's, that's not the Joe Rogan I've been listening to. You know, they've, they've, they've cut together a few videos of sorts of stuff. And like, to his credit, he's come out and, you know, tried to front foot it. But like, just the, the risk of being cancelled these days is unreal. And, and the misinformation thing is pretty interesting because... He also had a lot of guests on there that were like, you know, like some of the, the guests that were bad were, were nutters, you know, and then there was obviously good guests on there, like real viral, virologists that were, you know, obviously super pro vaccine and this and that and spreading correct information about it. And he just sort of gives everybody a bit of a forum, mm. a bit of a platform to, to talk and not necessarily engages too much. Like, I mean, okay, he had some pretty, left field views and things that obviously were a bit cooked and probably incorrect but like he just gave people a platform and if you you know also spread a lot of good information from a lot of the top virologists especially and you just realize just by providing people a platform you're in danger as well right Mm. well i think it was a bit what if we had a guest on and he turns into an absolute nut job and we went oh that was entertaining Let's put the episode up anyway. Are we? Yeah. You know. 
Um, I think it was a problem. Like, biggest problem with Spotify is like the the musicians get such a small clip of the ticket, yet Spotify paid him a hundred mil. So you got all these mm. musos going, why the fuck did they give him all the money that essentially I'm making to tip into his coffins? So they were waiting. Mm. They were waiting for him to slip up because they're filthy that he got such a big contract. Yeah. But then mm. it it was pretty yeah. it was pretty easily solved when Neil Young was like or Neil Diamond or whoever it was. Neil Diamond, wasn't it? Neil Young. No, it was Neil Young. Oh, no, Neil, Neil Diamond's Neil Diamond's, Diamond's dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when it was Neil Young. What's it? Neil Finn. Uh, when, <laughs> when Neil <laughs> When Neil Young said, if you don't I'm gonna pull myself off of Joe Rogan's Is this on the right? First guy on the moon. Armstrong. Neil, Neil, Neil Armstrong, Armstrong said, yeah. Neil Armstrong. all archival oh, did vision Lance is cool. Take, did Lance take his potty off? Lance said, Lance, I'm done. <laughs> but when Neil Young said, um, you know, like, I'm not going to be on here if Joe Rogan's on here, Spotify were like, nah, no one listens to you anymore, mate. <laughs> did you see James Blunt's tweet about it? James Blunt said, if they don't remove Joe Rogan, I'll release new music. <laughs> <laughs> He is such a legend, that guy. Yeah. He takes any situation, goes, if I rip the piss out of myself, then I can't lose. And it just yeah. went fucking ballistic. Yeah. Legend. He's clever, eh? He's yeah. clever. So I, I'll just quickly wrap up the COVID party thing because we got sidetracked. And like George yeah. said, if we take things out of context and you just take my last comment of me saying, let's have a COVID party, <laughs> yeah. um, let me just fix that. <laughs> Please do. Just give me, give me the forum to fix that. <laughs> No immunocompromised people are invited. <laughs> no, one, no one over the age of 50. Yeah. And no one unvaccinated. Yeah. If you're a so young, when aware, when aware healthy cyclist that's vaccinated and you think that it would be more timely and a more tactical reason, tactical, tactical time to get COVID now, given the fact that you're probably going to get it at some point in the season anyway, if you think it's better for your season and you're racing to get it now, then well, yeah, give it. Oh, give I'm, it negative, wanna... I'm negative now, so I can't host. But yeah, <laughs> why don't you morph it? Why don't you morph it into a COVID twister party? Because obviously you need to breathe on each other or whatever, but you need an activity to really bring them tight. Like fire up the old twister board. That'd be great fun. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jeez. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we need to give the COVID parties a wide berth and just yeah, wash your hands and yeah. wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, follow follow the government guidelines, please. How yeah, um, yeah. how was being back in the Palo? How was it? First, I didn't think when you were sitting there when you rang me that day, you'd fallen off your mountain bike with a broken shoulder or a whatever it was that you'd be racing back in before I was. No, I tell um, you what, it was actually good. Like the, I really enjoyed being back racing in January again because obviously last year. I missed January and February and March with that with that wrist injury, so it's nice Most to start of April the season. And May as well, I reckon. Yeah, pretty much everything. Um, it was good to start the season like on time and with the guys, and you know, in the same in the same boat in the same position as everybody, having done a preseason and mm. you know, having come into racing at the same time. Um, I, I did Mallorca. I've only done one Mallorca once in my career, and it was my first year pro, uh, two thousand and ten. 12, 13 years ago now. Sure. And I'll tell you what, it was a different race. Different <laughs> race to what it is now. It, it used to be that it used to be a bit of a holiday, eh? You go yeah. to Mallorca, 
I, I went there once on my first year pro and never actually raced, but I remember the guys, I just went and I had an injury and just sat at the hotel. It was real weird. But just remember um, everyone just like doing extra Ks after the race and super mm. chilled, like no one gave a shit. And and now you just see like how hot guys are coming in. Like I saw some of the numbers and stuff coming out of, I think it was Valencia over the weekend and also that Bessage race. And you just think like, holy shit, this is, we're on here, you know, like, you know, you, you don't yeah. ease into it. They don't lube you up and, you know, sort of <laughs> slide you into May. It's just <laughs> raw dogging from January. <laughs> I, I, I've got a question for you, Bill. It's like, given that your job's to, you know, get on the front at times, when they did the first day back, the first call up to get on the front, I saw the photo that you posted, you know, good to be back in the pillow. But it was Is the classic. pull for the day? <laughs> yeah, it was the classic Billy on the front and you do the pull and face, like that real... You know, like the fucking blowing out teeth, the blowing, yeah. How yeah. much of when they went to the front were you thinking, "Fuck yeah, this has got Instagram written all over it"? Well, I have been. I am pretty renowned for looking for cameras when I'm racing. Um, yeah. It is something you that I do guys quite often. Pulling until the camera, until the TV, because normally, like, they don't yeah. show the first half of the race on TV, and then halfway, halfway through a race, the TV camera suddenly appears, and you're like, "Oh yeah, we're on it's Eurosport on. now," and yeah. then you'll be like, "Oh boys, I'm gonna start pulling." Yeah, yeah. Now they wanted me. They did want me to pull 20k earlier, but I said, "Oh, let's just wait 20k. Let's just see how the race pans out." But really, I was waiting for the TV motorbikes to come past. <laughs> so, um, no, it was good to be. It was actually good. It was a good way to start because I I just come in from New Zealand and I was like, still getting over a bit of jet lag and everything. And actually, that that day that I started was the second day. It was my first day, but it was the second day of the series of races, and it was the the easier one of the of the five, I suppose. Um, so we had. We had good options there with Bling and Dion for a, like it was going to be a reduced gallop that day, and and yeah, just I mean we had we had one of the if not the favourite for the race for that stage was a pretty hard climb like twenty k to go, so it was going to be a reduced bunch sprint. So there was obviously a lot of sense in riding for us, um, and it was good just to open the pipes up because then we had like three days which were. Oh, mate, they were right at your alley, Georgia. Nearly four thousand meters of climbing. They were mm. big ma- mountain days, and I don't know if you've raced in the, on the roads of Majorca, but they're like they're some of the most technical mountain roads I've ever used. Eh? They're really, really slippery. Although it was dry, the roads are super slippery there. I don't know why. It, it's the olives, eh? It's I reckon. Yeah, I think it's like an olive plantation, and uh, you just dust crash all or, the time, eh? Yeah, it's super it's a slippery. Dusty island. And real technical, real narrow, real mm. technical descents. And basically what happened was the, the mountain days would just race full gas from the start because we would, t- you know, typically hit a climb after about 30 or 40K and it'd be a 10K climb, solid solid climb, not really hard, maybe 5% for 10K or something. Um, and But the the whole bunch was just racing for the top because of the downhills. So, mm. like, we would we would ride these climbs so solid just trying to keep the your leaders in position that like for example i basically did about you know 60k stint on the start of the third stage um where i was just having to basically effectively pull on the front even though i wasn't just to keep our team yeah, in you're not even riding eh? just for the but you're riding no, the just front. for the downhill and and just the race the races were happening the races were happening on the downhills like the the bunch the bunches were splitting the first the first major split of the race would happen on, on the downhill and then that would be a reduced bunch then going to the following climbs and then it would be racing I've seen a, a lot of this traditionally evolving but... like like it's all about like making splits right because 
Oh, Jesus, this dog is persistent. Um, this uh, because you look at the gravel and the stuff that's coming in. You know, I look at like so over the weekend there was Saudi tour, which had a massive gravel section, and then full gas costumes, and then you have Valencia that had a uphill with it was basically like mountain biking, and then you have Mallorca with like unreal downhills, everything splitting. So like, you're sure you've got to be like strong, but how much of it now you've actually just got to be like in the right place or or on the right side of luck or on everything like that and it's because everything's looking like and it's actually not what we need like i saw trenton was saying actually like i don't know how much of this we need in racing anymore because like it's hard enough like i said it's mm. january everyone's coming in on july form and then and then they're adding in these these mental sectors and you're just wondering like is the race is spicy enough without mm. without us hitting a mountain bike section on a gravel race or you know what i mean like it's all it's all just getting more and more and you more guys are just pawns for entertainment at the end of the day right like mm. that's it there, there was a couple of there was a when i you guys would have, your listeners would have seen last week i reached out to you guys on social media to send us some questions and there's actually a couple of questions that were sent that tie in really well to what we're talking about right now the first one was and my bad i didn't write down anyone's names i just wrote down the questions so apologies um, for the that's the whole that... point. They want their name read out. You just <laughs> oh, well... fuck their moment. Anyway, well, next sorry. <laughs> the, the first one was about um, is the the new level of racing here to stay, or is are people just burning themselves out? You know, like the we came out of this lockdown in twenty twenty, and the racing started at a whole new level. Um, is it going to start at this, or is, is it eventually the candle going to burn out? Well, I think the answer is yes. It's going to start at this and probably just get fucking yeah. faster. Um, exactly. You imagine what like, like there'll be three numpties sitting around in years with a podcast talking about how much faster it's got and how easy it was when they started in 2020. Yeah. And we're going, that was easy, was it? Yeah. Like, yeah. What are they doing? Eight watts a kilo up the climbs and fucking downhill single track, you know? Like, and I, exactly. And that, I think the, the nature, like, Mayorka's funny because that's that race has always been on. That race is all, is, it's a good race. Um, the roads are designed in the way that they're designed and that's how they are. And there's no options there. Like there's only one hill range. There's only, we basically rode the same climb, you know, one way or another every mm. day. Um, so the roads are technical there. Yeah. Uh, so it encourages a different type of tactic to racing. Like racing has changed five years ago. People wouldn't be using downhills so much as a tactic in the race, which they are now. So that's obviously bred through this new level of racing as well. And then um, the other question was about this this gravel section in Valencia and whether what basically what we think about it should that gravel section be in there? And quite frankly, fuck no, it shouldn't. Like in my opinion, well, because it depends that... who you're trying to. It depends who's from. It depends who you're trying to please, though, isn't it? Because like ultimately, right? We are entertainers, and hmm. if you step back from the fact that you don't, if you imagine you didn't have to ride that but you didn't have to race and you didn't have to you know fight to be in there in the front and all this shit does it make the race more entertaining and arguably it does mm. even though oh, yeah. it's, sure. it's the last thing i want to do they love that chopper shot of gravel sectors because mm. the dust flick and it does up and it does, it does make it yeah. yeah it's dramatic and and the thing is like it's a full circle right we need to to be more appealing to the public to make the sport bigger, to make uh to benefit us, you know, financially or whatever, profile, mm. whatever you want to do. But like 
fuck, I'm the same as you. The last thing I want to do is tear into a gravel section. I'm, my first pro race, I left half my face on a cobble section just trying to get into it, you know, break mm-hmm. my teeth off, stitches in my face, everything. And I was like, that scarred me for life, the thought of like racing into these these sections. But so it doesn't benefit us short term or whatever, however much you want to do it. But I guess like full circle, it, it does it get more people excited about sport? Maybe. Do we want but to my, do it? My, Definitely not. Mm. My argument for why that, that section of road shouldn't have been in Valencia is simple, I reckon. You, before you, people start going, oh, but there's Shada Bianchi and there's Parry Bay and stuff. Well, <clears throat> Parry Bay is, is from start to finish, it's cobbles. The race is a cobble race. You turn up with equipment you, and everything for that race, mm-hmm. and the race is dictated by the cobblestones, and it has been for 100 years. Shada Bianchi is a gravel race. It's a one-day gravel race. The one feature of Shada Bianchi is the gravel roads. The race is won and lost on the gravel. Again, you come with the same equipment. But both those races are examples of races that their, their features are those things, you know. Tour of Valencia is a five-day stage race that is raced for 893 kilometers on tarmac and for seven kilometers on gravel. And yeah, and that so, seven kilometers. So my, a few my yeah, and that seven kilometers was going to have a greater bearing on the race, um, more likely from mechanical issues or from punches or from shit that shouldn't be happening people are going to lose races for for, un, for bad luck from having a puncher mm. or whatever the feature of tour of valencia is not gravel it's a stage race that has a mountain it has a sprint stage and it has a fucking in-between stage and the best bike rider across those three featured stages across the week when wins the race it's 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 not a race that is should be defined by three or four kilometers of rocky gravel it's it's that's not what yeah, the race yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's what my whereas Perry Bay is that. Strata Bianchi is that. But a stage race that's raced entirely on tarmac, apart from this one fucking section of five minutes that can change the whole result, for me doesn't mm. make sense. No, okay. Well, I'll, I'm looking at the comments when you posted on social about topics, and it's always good when you get a comedian that chimes in with a couple of just random ones, like Jason Allen throughout. How would each Thanks, of you Jason. go about handcuffing a one-armed man? It's such a great question because I stopped and I thought, oh, well, handcuffing a one-armed man, okay, it'd be tricky, but surely there's a way. Surely the police have a system. And I was thinking, oh, maybe you could handcuff it to his belt. No, he'll get mm. out of that. I handcuff to his ankle. That's it. That's what I do. Like straight mm. down to the ankle and just – Human yeah. pretzelum. That's it. <laughs> So we always have a solution on the show, you know. We may not sound smart, but we we get the job done. If it's we'll give a shout out. Home, no worries. We'll give a shout out to Jason Allen as well. Uh, went through the track program with him as a younger man. He yeah. was a few years ahead of him in the, tra- in the New Zealand track team. He was a bloody good track track cyclist, big Jason Allen. So and then he backed it up with. Mate. Was the water boy really correct in saying that water is better than Gatorade? No, I think it. No, yes, yes, I yes. Think it is. Gatorade is just yeah. full of sugar. Yeah. So water's the elixir. No, see, I hate water. I I hate I. You'll never see me drink a glass of water. I only hydrate really? with with cups of tea. Yeah, or like you've never seen me just get a glass of water. It's the worst thing in the world. Why is it, Why is that? Is that you scarred as a kid or something? I don't know. It's something my old man does. I've never seen him in thirty two years. I've never seen him drink a glass of water in my life. 
And drink, someone else said, a liter of milk. They're literally just Clyde Rod. <laughs> Clyde Rod says, um, question number four: What is worse, Australian Bogan fans at the Australian Open, or punching on with a seven-year-old trying to get George Bennett's autograph when he's on a bad day? Now that is a, that is a great scenario because I, I was actually all for. Wait, who, who's fans. punching on? Who's punching on with a seven-year-old? They've got this thing in their head that George just hates people. I don't know where they got it from on this podcast. And when he's on a bad day, he'd punch on with a seven-year-old trying to get his autograph. Then we need to clear it up. Then I'd lose. George, George sells you a character. At the core, he's actually a good person. And in that scenario, I reckon even on his worst day, he would sign. He just has days where he's just over people. And then when we force him to do a podcast, when he's in that moment, we get gold. That's all it is. <laughs> I'm actually a bit social at our day at the moment. We had um had a lot of weddings on Saturday night. Um, so I was a groomsman for my mate, and the MC was was stuck in Aussie, and so pretty last pretty late. It's like, oh mate, I'm I'm real stuck here. Do you want an MC for me? Oh, I don't really want to, but I will. And I tell you what, that is a um. I didn't think much about it until I sort of got there on the day and I was like, holy shit, there's actually like, a, I feel like quite a lot of responsibility here for a very it disorganized is. person to yeah. run a wedding. And the, the, my first, my first like organizational era was like, all right, guys, time to um, try to send everybody up to eat. And I was like, oh, we'll just go table by table kind of thing, send them up. And then the bride was like, what are you doing? They're serving it. They come to us. And I was like, oh, I have one job. You know? like, <laughs> just like, sending people rogue. But yeah, anyway, we survived it. But there's it, always it was, ways yeah. with, with wedding speeches you can rip like classic ones off the net. And there's always these one-liners that always work. Like I remember I was best man at a mate's wedding and just downloaded like best you know man speech or whatever. And the opening line was, well, weddings are all based on tradition. They say that the best man's speech should go for as long as the groom's lovemaking. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. And then just put the <laughs> mic down. But yeah, that's the icebreaker. Then they're like, oh, we're away. We're away. Just ripped it off some dude. But in this the man here open with a cracker. He goes, Oh, you know, like I could tell you a lot of a lot of um, you know, naughty stories about about the groom, but um he told me that if I do a good job of being the best man at this wedding, he'd let me be the best man at his next one. <laughs> <laughs> It's always a fun line when the groom gets up, particularly if he's had a skinful, and oh, you know yeah, that. Real yeah, you know that the groom. All right, great bloke, but geez, I hope he doesn't go down a rabbit hole here. And it's always yeah. you, when you feel that it's going down that rabbit hole, and you're wanting to go like pull out, mate. I just end up looking at like the oldest person in the room to see their reaction, and it's always just cringe. You know, they always look at their partner like, and they pause, and it's always that look of. We'll talk about this later. This is just, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and there's some people that just got no filter and they just, they get up there and they don't know the audience. And when they don't know who they're talking to, it's just recipe for disaster on the biggest day. I love it. My confidence is shot in the show now after you called me Steve Jobs. I can't unsee it, eh? <laughs> But I reckon it's great. I reckon bring back. There's not enough blokes that wear black turtlenecks because of Steve Jobs. They don't want that tag. You guys talk Make about sure yourselves. I'm going to come back even more Steve Jobs like. 
All right, Pills is done. So when's your next race, <laughs> George? What he's gone. I'm, Steve I'm Jobs has left the I'm building. I'm racing nationals on Friday. I leave Europe. So I leave to Europe tomorrow. I got to pack. I, I've done a real good last minute. Um... <laughs> okay, that is Jobs. All right. <laughs> Sam Julius back. Um, yeah. I've left everything until today to pack and see everybody. I'm doing the last minute rip round with friends, trying to catch everybody before I leave. But I'm out of here tomorrow, mate. Summer's done. You, you're not going to nationals. Di- and then go to you're Abu leaving Dhabi. on a good note. You're leaving on a good note. Everyone's mates. You haven't teed off. You've had a good trip in New Zealand. You appreciate it, and you're just going to go. Yep, we're all on good terms. All good. Um. Yeah. That that's so far the case, but there's still time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I fly at 10 a.m. tomorrow, so always time to offend everybody and feel like I have to run for the hills, which is probably yeah. a good way to do it. Well, I think it worked better for you, Bill, is the fact that you raced straight away. You didn't have that two-week downtime after being in New Zealand, sitting in Girona mm. going, ah, fuck. Straight into a race, straight into COVID. It just occupied mm. your mind, if anything. I think it was perfect. Yeah, well, I, I landed on midday Friday, drove straight to Andorra, got up there, um, and then realised that when I left New Zealand in shorts, T-shirt, and in jandals, I should have got changed at the airport before i drove to andorra where it was minus 18 degrees and i got out of my car and i was like fuck it's cold air with jandals on um <laughs> and then i spent four or five days there and then went straight to Mallorca, yeah and got covid but now i'm i had a um negative test today so i'll be back does that mean you're so usually stuck inside the whole time yeah it's like seven days isolation yeah mm. if you <clears throat> when you get it and then um so yeah, since since the since then, so tomorrow seven days, tomorrow seven days, and I had it's quite it was funny like I, I felt pretty shit for a couple of days, but then yeah now six days on I, I was negative on a antigen test. Hey, you put a yeah. random video on the WhatsApp group. I haven't watched it. It's, it's titled "The Greatest Television Interview Ever." Oh yeah, I, I tried have, to ask you right. to. to I have. Like I've got it. Right, I haven't seen it. Don't play it. We'll give you some context to it. So that. Okay. Um, so last yesterday, New Zealand won its first ever gold medal at the Winter Olympics. Which oh shit! Yeah. What what did you win? Ever. Um, we won it in snowboard big air, and yeah, twenty year old girl from Wanaka, Zoe. Oh, the she Aussie. Won, she, she was born in Australia, so this is the first time that you've claimed an Aussie because we always pinch New Zealanders like Russell Crowe and all those sort of. We're keeping Zoe. Um, <laughs> you will trade with Russell for Zoe, but you, you can have yeah. the, the gold, no worries, because we we finished third, and they're besties, mm-hmm. those two. So yeah, right. So yeah, it was the first. She she was a favourite going in. She she'd been winning. Uh, she won the X Games and a few other um, World Cups, like the weeks leading up to the games, and she was favourite to win, and she did. And um, and then they interviewed her old man at the at the boozer where he was watching it with all the family oh, and friends and yes. this is what they got alright let's play it she was a fucking crazy she did it off the roof how proud are you right now your daughter's just become the first Kiwi to win a winter gold ever I'm pretty fucking excited to be honest <laughs> that was this live is that was oh. live on on 
primetime news. Six what a legend. In my ear. <laughs> so what a legend. There's certain times what? where f bombs you can get away with it. And I reckon in that instance, like parents oh, talking to their kids, go, exactly. Yeah. First ever gold mm. medal. She's a hero of New Zealand. Yeah. And it's just a slur, eh? That's Do you reckon awesome. that's now going to become New Zealand's most famous interview? Like we, we have like a couple of famous like lines where you know, the policeman was like, "Blow on the pie." I think New Zealand's like, "Blow on the pie." Mm. That was real big. There's a bunch of things that sort of went around New Zealand, and I think that's going to be the new one. When people said, "Hi," and you say, oh, "I'm pretty fucking excited," <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's going to become such a famous interview for the interview itself, but also like off the back of of her daughter winning New Zealand's first ever winter yeah, Olympic medal. You know, like it was pretty unreal for a good little old New Zealand. Like, I suppose we've mm. got good, we've got good snow and stuff, but it's, it's pretty huge. Like it, we won a couple of, I think she, I think she was one of the, one of the ones who won a silver. We won two silvers at the last ones in Pyeongchang. And then before that, I think the, the last Olympic medal we'd won at the winter Olympics was Annalise Koberger. And like, I don't even know when that was. Someone will tell me in the nineties though. Did um, I see correctly that Jamaica has a, actually has a bobsled team at the Winter Olympics? Yeah, they're back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, How we they had the... Oh, I don't know. Everyone will be tuning in, though, because fuck, mm. Cool Runnings is just one of the all-time classics. Like, you'd just be rooting for them. But we had the curlers. We had, like, the first male-female curlers that ever qualified. And talk about COVID. They were in the top 10 battling for a medal, po- positive tests on the flight home. No way. Oh, no way. Okay. Tell your story, Walkman. Yep. Shattered. But Fast. you were talking about the first ever Kiwi gold medalist. I love the fact that our first ever Aussie one was Stephen Bradbury, you know? Yeah. And to have We've everyone get skittled in the front. Bradbury. Yeah. Awesome. Fucking Look to incredible. the archives. Jonesy's put together a video. You can go find that. Yeah. Mm. And he was such um, a dude. All right, guy. guys. I'm running out of, I'm running out of um, time in the office here, so I probably need to yeah. But, um, well, we got some big announcements coming up soon, Bills. Like, I've worn well, this hat strategically because it looks like no, merch could be on the horizon. We've got to announce the uh, the winner of the intro competition before George goes quickly. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. we know who the winner was? No. No. <laughs> that would require preparation. <laughs> and I was too shit scared to go the early crow. I'll leave it up to George and buddy Sam. You make the call. I, I I reckon that we need to. I, I think that we had we had about five or six entries, and they're all bloody good, yeah. um, and they're all good in their own ways. Some were some were a bit long. Some that maybe didn't quite suit the show, uh, but ultimately they were all one of them. Made me want to chop my ears off. <laughs> we we that were, it was a good effort. So I think that <clears throat> since we only had. Uh, five entries that everybody who entered send us your address yeah. on Instagram. Direct message, direct message us yeah, on we'll Instagram, and we'll send. We'll all we'll send you all a shirt. How's that? Yeah, and we're just gonna we're and just gonna we'll, cycle through a few intros, try them all on for size. And, I reckon. Yeah, yep. and then we'll and then we'll just stick with the original. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. After all that process, we just go back to the original. Yeah. No, we'll update oh, yeah. it. We'll update it because there'll be a new clip when George wins it again. And he'll go, oh, George no beat it. Instead of year baby, you'd be something else. 
Mm. And then they can interview George's dad and they go, how's it feel? You go, oh, fucking amazing, mate. This is fucking incredible. He's going back to back. It'd be awesome. He'd be like, hey, but what's he done this time? <laughs> yeah. What's that white jersey you get? We, um, we also appreciate all the – everybody reached out with um, – questions and topics we had a shitload actually and we've we only mm. gone for a couple today so i think that we there's some actually really good ones that i'd like to touch on um yep. so let's make it a regular segment until we get through the ones that we want to get through so next yep. couple of weeks we'll bang out um keep frying through if you've got any but we'll 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 make our way through two or three topics a week eh for mm-hmm. a little little while now and um we didn't touch on a lot of things that i've written down that we should have really touched on Bernal had a bad crash. Glad he's out of hospital. Oh yeah, that the Spending Bernal our wishes crash. to him. Mm. Man, that's nuts, eh? That was a mm. um, pretty crazy, right? Like, and I uh, remember we said this would free me too. You know, if there's someone that can, you know, come back from it, it would be him. But pretty amazing outlook. And this is a weird. This is a this is a bizarre sort of take on things. But like, uh, hold on, I got a dog out. Mum's calling. Um, is that <laughs> you? Fucking dog. Yeah, I know. It's like, but, George um, is going to make a good point here. <laughs> the, he's like, he's going, right, I think he's out of there. And like, if that was me, any of us three, we would just be sitting down as hell. Like, holy shit, I'm broken 20 fractures. My year's over, probably, you know. And he's going, he's somehow got this outlook. He's like, oh, like, I want to thank... I even thank God for giving me this challenge. And I was like, man, that would be such an awesome weapon in your inventory if you were like, if you really believed that. If you really believe like this was a challenge that mm. God has given me and mm. I'm going to, you know, I want to thank him for this and this. I'm, you know, like you just be like, that would make your life so much easier, wouldn't it? If you truly believe mm. that and you go, oh, mm. okay. Whereas, you know, me who would never, never believe that. You know, I'd go, fuck, it was just bad luck or I fucked up that corner or that, you know, that guy made a mistake in the bus or whatever. You know, so it it's pretty interesting how different people's beliefs or whatever can create like a different outlook, which I could never understand. You know, I could never, I could never understand that outlook. But like if you genuinely believed it, what a weapon that would be. Oh, shit, mm. yeah. Yeah. Great point. And yeah, I mean, I guess there's not really much... To say about it, the poor bastard. Um, mm. Feel for him, don't fucking you? Na- feel, feel for him. Nasty, nasty crash. And I mean, all we can do is send his, send him his wishes as a as a person before a bike rider. Just fucking get mm. healthy, mate, and then that's worry it. about riding your bike once it's happened. Mm. Yeah. yeah, make sure it's probably not that important. A eh, bike riding when you mm. break. What did he break? Neck, broke his neck, kneecap, punctured lung, um, spine, femur. Yeah, the is the big one as a rider that's the hardest to come back from. And he was a bee stick off paraplegic, like Mm. spinal cord. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So he walked out of hospital yesterday. So chapeau, keep it up, keep it going, mate. And uh, we'll see you back in the... (laughs) Don't come to Mallorca next year, but we'll see you somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Especially this and I know, having raced against him, such a mad dog. He'll be the first guy just hooking into a gravel section. Yeah. Oh, yeah. S- t- sliding it on two wheels at 100k an hour. Yeah. Winning grandies. He'll probably, he'll probably, back, he'll probably win the welter. <laughs> 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 All right, boys. 
Right. No worries. Um, yeah, so everyone who sent an entry in, send us your details on uh, Instagram and we'll send you or wherever you fucking sent the video. And um, we'll send you a top of some, a kit of some sort. You know, there'll be a bit of an assortment. Licorice, all sorts. You might get a UAE kit. Yeah, you might get a New Zealand I'll, kit from I'll 2005 during the Worlds. Unwashed. You might get a 2001 Tour de Vineyards King of the Mountains jersey. Mm. And if, yep, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> something, right. but I won't. Throw, I won't throw. My, I won't throw Hannah under the bus. We'll leave it. Um, <laughs> like, share, subscribe, everyone. Thanks. And for guess what? By the time we do the next step, we'll have a big announcement. We've finally we've heard everyone say for a year and a half what the fuck's going on with merch. We finally think we've got a solution, and we'll announce it in two weeks. And we've never talked this up and not delivered. Remember that? Yeah. Get your, right. get your pre-orders in 2030. <laughs>